Hello again. Welcome back. You are listening to the Beautiful Mind Game podcast with Millie and Hams. If you've listened to the Beautiful Mind Game before or you're new today, this is where we show off the most extraordinary stories from extraordinary people and divulge into the deepest topics everyone wants to hear about, but no one likes to talk about. Today, luckily for you, we have myself and Hams talking about something that's so important to each and every one of us. But first, Hams, how are you? I know you have some exciting news for us. How's it going? Uh, it's going very well. I love the intro that we've got there as well. It's fantastic to have a bit of uh, fresh content coming out as well. And especially with you and I today, it's back to our roots, back to what we're used to. And back to what the audience love as well. So we're not going to let you down and just give you... Um, random content for the sake of it we're actually going into a really good uh, topic of conversation today i mean that's why you clicked on the episode anyway because you know what we're already talking about in the title um but yeah a bit of exciting news from me today so friday night counter-attack has been announced as being one of the top six asian podcasts in the uk and we were nominated for an award um at the british asian media awards in october 2022 in manchester so um, I'm going to be going down there and we're going to see how it's going to go. Um, we're going to see how everyone um, is and hope we can network with some new people and get some new guests on. And this was just right after Millie had her Asian award ceremony recently as well in London. So you can tell by the work that we're putting in, we are doing a lot of work and we are getting recognised. So that's all down to the listeners and um, down to Millie as well for advertising it very well um, across. So everyone, thank you for listening. And thank you for sharing because you made us a lot more popular than what we thought we were. So thank you, everyone. And thank you, Millie. But Millie, how was your experience at the uh, at the award ceremony recently? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was great to be shortlisted for the award. Um, and yeah, again, for another Asian award, it's great to be recognised within the community. Um, yeah, I mean, among big names as well. But Ham's like, I wanted just to say first, like, You've been doing this for not long at all, about a year or something, over a year. And that is not long at all in this kind of world. So the fact that you've put in so much hard work and you've built this from nothing, it just shows you like consistency and a bit of belief. You can go so far. Yeah, it goes to show that there's so much we can actually talk about and there's so much we can actually um, hit people in the heart or hit people in the head with what they want to think about on a weekly basis, on a daily basis even as well. And the fact that we have so many people coming through to our social medias and people in our family and our friendship group saying, oh, you know what, that last episode, I didn't know you had feelings about this. Why don't we talk about it more? And that's what's made it more beneficial than anything, really, because it goes to show that people are having these conversations in their own mind as opposed to with other people. So just like your new intro said, we are going into difficult conversations and difficult topics of conversation as well. And that's why people like listening to us as well, because we're not just another mental health podcast. We're not just another mentality podcast. We're talking about things that affect everyone individually and hits home to everyone as well. So, um, no, thank you very much for your kind words as well. And the fact that this all started from you being a guest on Friday Night Counterattack to build into what we have now goes to show that uh, you never know who you can meet in life and how they can affect you in different ways. So no, I have to thank you very much for your time and for your efforts, Millie. So, uh, long may it continue and long and long may it continue for both of us going forward as well I can't wait to see what the next year has in store for both of us 100% I'd love to listen to that episode back it was back in November wasn't it I'd love to listen to it back yeah, one day you, we'll you bring may, it out again you still need to come on to Friday Night Counter-Attack for an episode regarding the World Cup so I'll need to get you on there soon which will be quite fun so um, we'll see if your five-a-side has changed from last year to this year we'll see if there's any similarities or any differences as well which will be quite good and we still have to release our foot golf video from the summer as well. So that's both on our platform, Friday Night Counter-Attack, and on uh, our platform, The Beautiful Mind Game, because it was quite fun talking about football and talking about mental health all on a nice summer's day in Manchester, which was good fun. 100%. For anyone loving football, any of our listeners that love football, there you go. That's the place to go to, Friday Night Counter-Attack. And foot golf. And go foot there golf as, well. as well. Foot golf <laughs> is good fun. We'll challenge anyone to a game. We, we assure you we beat you as well. So it doesn't matter if you're a professional footballer, a professional athlete, we would still beat you at football. Millie and I in a tag team, we'd win. Even left-footed, 100%. Even left-footed or outside <laughs> the boot, however we did it. It was, it was quite fun that day. Um, but no, Millie, why don't you introduce our topic of conversation today? What are we going to be specifically talking about um, for the rest of the episode, just so our listeners know 
what we what we've got in store for them. So you know what, I'm really excited for this episode because it's one of our first episodes back where it's just me and you. And like you said before, that like people love it and we love it as well. Just pretty much just babbling on, like literally just babbling on, but about topics that people want to know about but don't necessarily talk about. So I had an idea. Instead of introducing, I want to introduce it by asking you the very first question, and this should give it away. So, Hams, I've got a question for you. How would you describe yourself in three words? Ill, um, in pain. So, ill and in pain. <laughs> now, that's just me at the moment with me with a bit of man flu. Um, but no, everyone listening will know that I'm not ill or in pain every single day of the week. But no, I'd say um, positive as one that's definitely my my new number one word that I would say say to describe myself number two I would say peaceful so I'm a peaceful person normally which is which is quite good when I'm ill I can't control my actions so I do apologize to anyone in advance especially my wife so I do apologize for blaming you for me getting ill obviously wasn't her fault um and the third one would be um third one would be I don't know. Third one would be patient. I'd say patient. I'll go for three P's there. Positive, patient, and peaceful. Really good. Really good words as well. Illiterate. Is that yeah. the right word? Yeah. So they've got alliteration there. P, P and P, triple P. Yeah. That should be really on my good business words. card. I'm the Kawadia triple P. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, where are you, where are you going with this, Millie? That's something I would describe about you as well. And I was going to say, isn't it funny how people, different people, if you are listening to this and you're thinking, what are my three words? It could be anything. You could literally have said anything to me in the world. And it's funny how different people identify themselves differently. For example, you've chosen three characteristics about you, about your personality. Whereas someone could have said, oh, I'm, I don't know, a woman. I'm half Asian, half English. I'm six foot three. Do you know what I mean? Or they could have said, I'm not six foot three. I'm about five foot three. Five foot six, let's go with. (laughs) Five foot six. I was going to say, I thought you were describing yourself for a second. Like, you're not that tall from what I remember. But no, (laughs) I I get what you mean. Like, people can describe themselves in in many different ways. But um, how would you describe yourself in three words then? Just to throw it back onto you then. Yeah, you've caught me off guard now. No, I would. That's what we're about. I would describe myself and I would go down a similar route. I would say that I'm a kind person. I would say that I'm hardworking. And I would say that I'm ambitious as well. They would be my three to describe my personality. So let's say kind, then you'd say efficient, then you'd say. I'm kind, ambitious. And because hard working would be two words. Yeah. Can we not just put the hyphen in the middle? Hard working. Go on. We'll bend All the right. rules. Hard working. Hard working. Yeah, they would be my words. Or determined. Determined's a better word, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. But I would say that also my identity, how I describe myself, has changed over the years. And it will change for a lot of people. I'm sure that my three words when I was ten wouldn't be those three words. And I'm sure they would be different when I was 16 as well. I know even, I was different. Even if you compare it to last year as well, would you say it would be different from last year? I don't 100%. 100% I would say I'm different from last year because we're always changing. Always we're evolving. always Exactly, yeah. Took Definitely. the words out of my mouth. 100%. And my next question for you, if you could take that just while we're on there, what is your earliest, earliest memory as a kid? Can you remember your very earliest memory? Oh God, I don't want to say this on the podcast, but I will. Um, no, basically my earliest memory is when I was living with my family in London. And I think my earliest memory, I've got one, but it's a fragment of a memory. My earliest memory, this is a topic we'll get onto in a second as well. Um, my earliest memory is when my sister was born and she came back home and my mum and dad brought her through the door and I was sitting at the top of the stairs um waiting for my younger sister to come through the door so I was really excited about that as a kid 
Um, that was my earliest memory that I have proper recollection of. It's not one of those where it's just fragments or just like an image. It's definitely a fragment where I can remember everything properly instead of, um, oh, I remember an image. I can remember a moment. I can remember a feeling. I can remember everything properly in there um, as well. So if my sister's listening to this, I'm not sure if she is at the moment, but if she does, um, I'll just send this to her as well and be like, oh, you got a shout out on the podcast this week. But no, <laughs> um, literally, that's my de that's definitely my earliest memory, which I can remember from beginning to end, basically. How old were you when that happened? Uh, five years old. Nice. That's a very like um prominent memory. It's a very like um prominent time in your life as well. That was when your sister was born, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I'm the same with my brothers. I can remember exact. I was five, and I can remember exactly where I went. I think I went. I had the choice of staying in the hospital with my parents and being there when my brothers were born, or going to my grandparents' house. And at the time, I loved going to my grandparents house because they just give us sweets they they were literally like my best friends and obviously a five-year-old I wanted to go with them so I stayed with my grandparents <laughs> instead of being when my, being there when my brothers were born and yeah that was me and my five-year-old self <laughs> no that was like with me as well like my parents had obviously went to the hotel uh, to the hospital and then my I think my aunt was there looking after me and my brother and then that was it really and then we were just being looked after at our own home and then we just had that um family support coming in a couple of days afterwards and besides that that's just how it was because you're just kind of there like as a kid your earliest memory is always changing because when you're growing up you don't always remember what your earliest memory is and you don't always remember um things from your childhood like some things will come back to you in a ptsd type of style some of them will come back because of nostalgia style but you won't ever sit back year in year out and go you know what what was my earliest one memory what's the earliest thing I can think of like for me the earliest thing I can think of is me living in our old um our old uh flat our, our old apartment in a different area of London before moving to our new home before my sister was born but that's only as a fragment so that's in terms of how little I can remember of it because I can remember moments I can't remember the whole um scenario that played out as well so it goes to show that every single year when you're thinking about it memories change and it's only kind of now when you've got the, the relative options of looking at pictures and like home videos and stuff like that is when you can actually record your memories on camera and stuff when you're actually looking back at it and thinking oh yeah I remember how it happened or I remember what happened before the video or after the videos are but as a core memory that would definitely be my first one and I'm pretty sure that would be the same with you as well you probably would remember things before and after that in terms of how well um, you can identify certain things as well Millie. Mm -hmm. 100%. Do you think that memories kind of, like if you look back at your memories now from being a young child, could you say that they're all real? This is just a curious question I've got just from listening to you then. Could you say that they're all real or do you think that definitely they're probably like a little bit twisted, a little bit changed or can no. we actually remember what happened? For for most people, they, they like to warp their reality because they like telling lies about what happened in certain scenarios and certain situations as well. And that's how they'll remember it. But they'll, it's like you hear the saying, I forgot what the saying was now, but it's basically you keep telling yourself that. And that's in re reference to someone lying about something. So if someone's saying you keep telling yourself that, they'll remember it um, as a lie in their head. And that's how their memory will go down. But for me, when I'm remembering things, genuine things, I remember things about how they played out, if it was good, if it was bad. Because as we've discussed before in this podcast, Millie, when you have bad experiences, they're very good for learning for next time what not to do or how to become better or how to develop better as a person. So it's not always about remember everything in a positive light or in a confident light. It's about maybe some of your worst moments you're remembering and you're kind of understanding that, you know what, this has made me a better person because of that bad memory or because of that bad experience. But I've always seen them as real ones from what I can say. It's only when someone else is in the room that remembers things differently. That's when you're kind of questioning things that when you've got the influence of other people around you as well. So mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a funny story of when um, I'm playing Monopoly with my cousins at my home and then three or four of them were there and my brother. All of them can remember me getting angry, playing Monopoly and um, pushing over a plant pot onto the carpet soil spilling out the plant being out of place for the life of me I can't remember it but everyone remembers me doing it so I'm not going to then say oh no I never did it because if four or five people are saying I did it and my mum and dad were like yeah you you did it 
I can't then just say, oh, that never happened to me. I mean, I probably lost the game in Monopoly at the time or the first one up, but I genuinely don't remember me pushing over a plant pot. But if it happened, it happened. You have to accept it and you kind of have to move on and realise that it's out of out of your memory for the time being, basically. You know what? That's the perfect example of change as well. You've given me the word peaceful at the beginning, didn't you, the, to describe yourself now. And then you're telling me back then you were chucking over plant pots. You didn't remember if you did it or not. Literally like the perfect example of change right 100%, there. Right, 100%. And if you ever play me at Monopoly, it's like how you saw me in the summer. When I've got hay fever, I'm in a bad mood. When I'm playing Monopoly and I'm losing, I'm in, I'm in a worse mood as well. I don't care who's around. <laughs> I'll, I'll do anything to win. But it is what it is with Monopoly. Um, we're not going to play a game of Monopoly anytime soon. Or we could, if if the listeners want that, we could play a game of Monopoly with a couple of our previous guests and see how well we do. It could be a fun game um, to play, and I could push push over a couple more plant pots as well. That'd be interesting. Have you seen that live Monopoly? I think it's in London or something. Yeah, we walked past it when I was there in the summer, and then because it was Sunday, I think it closed early. But we were walking past it. That would be a really good thing to go to. Good, like four or five people to go with. And, have a go at enjoying it it'd be very good fun to, to go and play yeah that'd be interesting but no I think you're 100% right what you were saying and I think that whether whatever experience you've had as a child as a young person the bad times that have got you through have been learning lessons and the good times are the good times but whatever's happened through your life the building blocks from when you were a kid builds up who you are today like whatever has happened has made you who you are today and that sounds cliche but it's very much true because everything that's happened like for example me I've been up and down and up and down and in and out and everywhere else but every little part of my life and every person that's been involved has given me the identity of who I am today and like you said we're always changing from the inside but it's always all these little things that have built us up. Would you agree with that? It's like, literally, like we said before, without me meeting you, this would never have happened. This podcast would never have happened. Our conversations like this would never have happened as well. So it's like, I got asked a question the other day. What would you do if you if you were to stop podcasting tomorrow? So stop doing Friday Night Counter-Attack, stop doing the Beautiful Mind game, stop doing all these little creative uh, plans that we have stop posting things on social media, what would you do? And I'd be like, I'd be very, very bored because the whole point of starting Friday Night Counter-Attack and starting podcasting is because I moved away from my family area. I lived in, I'm living in a place where it's just me and my wife living. And we've got friends, we've got family that are far away. But it's just one of those things that you're just kind of there, like you can't rely on certain people to bring you entertainment or to bring you joy all the time or to bring you um, just even just normal conversations like this. Like my parents yesterday were going to say, why don't we come around and deliver you some food? But I'm like, no, if I'm ill, I don't want you to come around because I don't want you guys to get ill and then pass it on um, at home as well. It goes to show that when you're surrounded by different people, you are affected by what they say and, you, and how they treat you and how you feel like you should be treated. But in terms of how you identify exactly how you are as an individual, especially if you're you're in that privileged place of being able to be by yourself for a good number of, days maybe a week or so it's like I always tell my friends that if you have the choice go traveling by yourself don't rely on other people because if you travel by yourself you enjoy what you want to enjoy so this year for example I got the chance of going to uh two different countries in two different countries with one different with one different person and I went to one country the USA with people I didn't know uh with university and I was just happy in my element because I loved it. And I still got to carry on doing things which I wanted to do, which is fantastic. But when you compare it to like a family holiday, you're then feeling in a different mood completely because of how everyone around you feels like as well. When you're by yourself, you can only depend on your own self to be a bit of a uh, a happy person or a sad person. It's just how you are feeling at that time is affected by other people as well. Yeah, I completely agree as well. I think that you're right, it's so important to spend time alone. And I think it's something that's, for the majority of us, it's something that's so difficult as well to spend time on your own. And I think for a lot of us, the first time was during lockdown three years ago, two years ago, whenever it was. That was the very first time when a lot of us were alone 
with and ourselves. A, and a lot of us were with people for the first time in a long time because they had to be. Yeah. So yeah. It was a complete opposite for a lot of people at the same time because instead of working away or, or being out and about with their friends, actually stuck indoors, being next door to their parents or being in the same house as other people as well. So you're just kind of trapped in that kind of way. So people came out of it differently as well. They felt like different people completely. And um, you were going to say about how you kind of felt with it. I know you've spoken a lot on this podcast about it, but did you notice a difference from a year before when you were living with your parents to when you were in lockdown living by yourself and how you felt mentally about that? Yeah, I think um, I think the lockdown and definitely like going abroad into a different country was the turning point for me in my life, kind of um, like what we spoke about, the personality traits kind of, they changed a lot because when I went to a different country, I was pretty much by myself. And also in the lockdown, I was pretty much by myself. I had to kind of figure out what I like to do or do things differently or be comfortable with being alone because I wasn't. I wasn't before that. I was always busy. I was always doing something. And I was quite quiet. I was quite shy and reserved. But at the same time, I wasn't. Inside, I wasn't. I was quite like, I think I read something the other day about it. It's something like an introverted, no, an extroverted introvert or something like that. Some, I don't know. And it give you like a paragraph of what that actually is. Someone who's very like, like quiet and to themselves, but actually they want to go and do things. Like I went traveling a lot. I worked in different countries and it just kind of like cliched together. There was two like things that just were together and I didn't really know how to cope with it. And then I think during the lockdown and having that time, like I said, I got into different things like meditation and yoga and just things that really helped to like channel my focus. And in some way, I don't know what way, but in some way it made me more comfortable with myself, which made me more confident, which changed my inward kind of feelings and personality. But then it changed also eventually my outward look on life and how I prevent presented myself to other people. Like the fact that I can actually speak to you now on this podcast, whereas three years ago, there's not a chance in the world I'd be sat here with a camera in front of me recording myself. Do you know what I mean? So I think that having that time alone really did well for me. And I think it was the initiative to kind of take it upon myself to to try and change. Like I read a lot of books on mentality and mindset and things like that. And I kind of really took it upon myself to change. And that's where it all kind of blossomed, really. I like the term you use there, blossom, because that's what people do. It takes them until they're 25, 45, 65 to blossom. And people don't know about it unless they're actually not told about it. They have to find it out for themselves. And a lot of people fortunately get that opportunity when they're younger. Some people get it when they're older. And it's not a bad thing. It really isn't a bad thing because some people are just used to a certain way of life for a good number of years. They're used to following what their family are saying, what's you, what they're used to in their culture, in their religion, in their environment, in their area as well, for example, as well. So it goes to show that wherever you're kind of living, it's not always about how it defines you. It's not about being a product of your environment because you can always be a different type of person. You can always evolve into another type of person and there's always opportunities out there. It's not about things being limited by money or by certain opportunities and jobs and stuff it's just about how you go about things because I've always been a positive person but I've never always come across as a positive person because you get a lot of people and I, I I'll say this now I get a lot of people in in my life who love to throw the negative in things straight away they love to put a, a dampener on things they love to put uh, ways of under hyping certain achievements because it's not as good as other people's achievements or it's not as good as um, what's already been done so it's one of those things that when you're kind of looking at um, for example this this award that we've got recently as well I haven't told everyone about it until now on the podcast told certain people that I care about and who actually will value what um, we've actually done it's not about trying to show off to a lot of people because I'd rather tell certain people who have actually helped me get to this this little milestone of mine and for me, I see it as a really big milestone, but for other people, it's just, okay, cool. But other people have done this, but I don't need other people to dampen um, my spirits because of their random expectations as well. And it goes to show because ever since I told people 
anything that I've got back has just been positive, which has been fantastic. And I can I can only praise everyone who's responded back to it in the in the best way possible because they genuinely have the best interest for me as well. And when I was growing up, even with like friends who I thought were friends or family, um, they they thought they'd have the best interest in me, but it would never come across. Like my mum's a good example of this. She never comes across in the right way, but she always has the, has the best interest at me. And nine times out of 10, she's proved right. But because she doesn't come across it in a, in a decent way, she comes across it in a very uh, disciplinarian type of way. I feel like she's going against me, but she's not. She's going against what I believe is right for me, but she knows a lot better. And the only time I think it hasn't gone right is when she said, oh yeah, maybe you can forget about this podcast now because you're out of lockdown. Um, you can spend more time with the wife and I'm like well actually I quite like this I'm quite enjoying what I'm doing and it's given me so many different opportunities for where I'm going and that's kind of where I'm just kind of like you know what it's been great with having that kind of um, help from my mum but it's one of those things where I'm like you know what this is where I back myself fully and I'm, I'm a lot more confident in myself and I can identify that this is something that I hope it may not be one of the biggest things in the world that will ever come about but it'll be something where it will change my world a lot. And for it to change my world in the last 12 months, 24 months since lockdown happened has been a godsend, really. So I'm really happy with how it's been. So that's another prime example for you. And for mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, how do you under... You said that, like, you kind of understood where your mum was coming from. How do you do that? Because I know a lot of people, and myself included in the past, when um, my parents were saying things to me, of course, it's because they have my best interest at heart. But usually when we're younger, we don't really know that. Even when we're older, we don't really um, see that or we don't remember it. We know it, but we react in a bad way because we think, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you saying that? Why are you being like that? But how did you kind of understand where your mum was coming from? How did you understand her perspective? It's on hindsight, mostly. So when you're looking at things and when you're looking at why she says don't do things or or it's better not to do this now or better to do it in a certain way, it's when you're looking back at things and you're thinking, okay, how many times have... It's it's just tallying up in a way because I'm kind of looking at it thinking, how many times have I not done what she says and how many times has it benefited me? Not a lot, a few times. How many times has, has she said don't do something? I've not done it and it's been perfectly fine quite a lot of times as well. So it's been... One of those things that I'm just like, okay, nothing worse has happened from what she told me not to do, but nothing better has happened. Could it have been better? And then the times when I tried to do different things um, differently, it's like, oh yeah, you you could have done it, but um, you didn't. So just to make uh, show a bit more context as well, it's mostly in terms of how you're looking at how she explains it later on. So not the first time she's telling you, it's the second time. It's when she opens up a bit more about the benefits of doing something, the negatives of doing something. Like one prime example is about trying to get into a bigger home. But I'm quite happy where we're living. My wife's quite happy where we're living. We don't need to invest in a bigger home as of yet because we're quite happy where we are. We know the benefits of living in a smaller space because it means we can save up for a better home later in the future. We're looking at places where we're going to be a bit more settled in the future as well and where things will be a lot cheaper um, because of the whole housing market as well. That's where I've gone back to and be like you know what it's it's a good idea you've got but not right now because it's not what's suitable for us as well so um from the babbling that i just did that's probably the best example i can kind of say as well and so far it's been so good because we've we've done well on our savings we've done well on what we want to look for and we're more aligned in our career interests as well with my wife and i so we kind of know exactly where we're going to be moving forward over the coming years which will be good fun mm-hmm. i get you i think that hindsight is is great like you need to kind of look in hindsight, especially with your family members. I mean, they only want the best for you like nine times out of 10, right? Um, I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but I know that mine want the best for me. And yeah, sometimes I'm a bit like, oh, don't talk about the game. Don't talk the football game I've just had on Sunday. Don't talk about it. Or I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this at this time. But everything they have, the advice and everything is all in my best interest and I think it's so important as well to understand not only your family's perspectives but everyone's perspectives because everyone's got their own lives and their own kind of battles they're facing and you've got to understand what they're going through and where they're coming from so if you're at work or you're at football and someone does something and you think why are they doing that to me 
But really, they're not doing it to you. They're doing it for themselves. Like, they're doing it from their point of view. And I think that when you kind of, I think that during the lockdown as well, what I mentioned before, I understood this more. Because before that, I was kind of like, why are they doing that to me? Or why are they being like that to me? Which a lot of people are still like, which a lot of people are like, because that's just human nature. That's That's, how humans are. That's me when I'm ill. I feel like everything's going against me for a reason. But yeah, um, man flu is one of the biggest common problems of blaming everyone else besides you. So yeah, that's another thing to shout out as well. I'm glad I I won't get man flu. <laughs> Please don't. It's it's not something you can uh, anyone can deal with lightly. Um, but no. Um, just moving on from this topic as well, Millie. I just wanted to kind of ask you as well. Do you think you've ever had that effect on other people? So you've been on the other side. So you've been on the one telling people this is what you should do, and they've benefited from what you've told them in a way, and not just advice in terms of ways of living or in terms of exercising, in terms of yoga, in terms of reading uh something that's benefited you and you've influenced someone in a better way um, and it's changed their identity would you say that's been something that's happened to you previously or happened for someone previously as well yeah it's a good question i think that um i never really try to tell people this is what you should do and i've learned that with age as well you can never influence someone you get lots of the saying you can only take a horse to water or a donkey to walk water but you can't make it drink and it's true because you can only like do so much even though you think it's right and you know it's right because it's worked but you can't really make someone do something they don't want to do however I kind of changed my lifestyle a bit in terms of like I tried a vegetarian diet because it would help me with football which I have mentioned in previous episodes and with the meditation and things like that and then I started to see a difference within like my two best friends because they were always like, no, why are you eating that? You're never going to eat enough. You won't get enough protein or like, no, meditation's for losers. Like, do you know what I mean? Just thinking, oh, it's a bit woo-woo, all this kind of stuff. And slowly it took a few months. But then I remember they were like, oh, I'm trying this. Um, it was like a bean thing, this beans and rice thing, this vegetarian thing without meat. And I was thinking, oh, right, Really? And then again, like a little bit, a little bit. And now like they've completely changed, but because it makes them feel good, not because I told them to, because I think it's right, because they kind of found it. I kind of was just who I was and just was around them, but they kind of found out themselves. And it goes back to what you said earlier about influencing whoever you're around. There's a there's another thing about, I don't know whether you've heard it, you are the product of your five of the five closest people around you oh, or something God. like that have if you heard one, that before if one of the five closest people uh, i'm being influenced by one of one of the five i would say is probably my cat so if i'm influenced <laughs> by my cat that's not a good sign for anyone of me being someone who is has cat-like behavior so i'm quite worried about if your cat's it. got a cool name though Shuri I appreciate Shuri so much but yeah um, I can't be acting like her who just asks for food all the time and asks to be petted all the time and basically treats it like a princess basically so I can't be doing that at all Um, but no it's the same as what people say about you're a product of your environment but with the products of your closest five people it's just about how um, how, how they kind of are because even though I mentioned about my parents before one thing I need to tell everyone listening today is if you are living with your parents and you are going to move out soon, when you move out of your parents' home, you will miss your parents' advice a lot because there'll be so many little things where you'll miss from your parents. But getting advice from them on a daily basis is something you will ponder a lot and something that you will miss a lot because every time I go back and visit them now or they visit me or we meet somewhere, you just, you, you're you in awe of them more or less because you're just kind of there like how they did so many things when they were my age or how they did so many things younger than me and they prevailed and they're in situations where they are a lot more comfortable but they've gone through these hardships just what Millie was saying at the beginning of the podcast as well and I'm not just talking about my parents I've seen it with my friends parents with families parents as well where they've done so well with themselves because they've given the right advice at the right time to the right people and again being with the five people that you're kind of closest to as well I don't agree with that personally I I, I I personally think that you can only be close to people who you choose to feel close to instead of the five closest ones. So I'm not talking about geographical closeness. I'm talking about 
closeness in terms of who you like talking to a lot as well because there's like a couple of my friends who will only ever talk to me about football but I don't always want to talk about football there'll be people who want to talk to me about um like films and tv and politics but I don't want to talk about that there are people who know when it's right to talk to me or when I'm right to talk to and there are people who know what my new best interests are as opposed to what my interests were five years ago when they used to know me quite frequently or they'd like they've worked with me quite frequently basically so it goes to show that some people are very good at adapting to this and some people aren't because you're just kind of there thinking I don't know why people are talking to me like this when for example um I'm married and I don't want to be hearing people talking about oh yeah um there's this game on Saturday can you come at last minute's notice I'm like no I can't because I've got responsibilities I've got bills to pay I've got work on weekends now as well. So you've got loads of things to kind of deal with. But a lot of people are just feeling like, oh, yeah, but you used to be like this. I'm like, I used to be, but I'm not anymore. People don't adapt, but it's the people that do adapt to you. They're the ones that you value a lot more as well. And those are the ones that are closer to you because they adapt to you a lot better than um, other people as well. And that's what I appreciate about people. So your five closest people who you adapt to are the ones that you kind of reflect in a way. That's how I would re- respond to that. Mm-hmm. yeah great response i want to find out who said it as well i want to find out who who made this quote so you're saying that you adapt to the people who adapt to you vice versa yeah exactly because everyone has to adapt to everyone really like for example another example for me i'm telling my own life story here today uh, but basically before getting married i wouldn't really speak to girls at all i would find girls quite boring personally because <laughs> I would. That's I good would. to know. <laughs> I, I would. I genuinely would because I'm just kind of there like, okay, cool. Um, what do you want to talk about? And they'd be talking about like reality TV or they'd be talking about random things that I couldn't care less about. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, Did I'm you know like, any girl, female footballers back then? Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 not at all. Um, there we go. So it's, perfect, it's, it's perfectly fine to segue into you as well. Um, but no, even, even yeah, before marriage, I'd be like, oh yeah, I couldn't care less. Um, I'll just talk to my friends that I know and that's kind of it. And then afterwards, you're just kind of there like, okay, cool. It's a lot easier to talk to girls because I'm married, but it's easier to talk to girls because girls are quite happy to talk to you back because it's just one of those things that when I interview people now and when we interview people now who are females, they can talk about whatever they want, which is perfectly fine for me. But before, again, this is a a way of learning and developing. I'd be like, I couldn't care less. I, mm-hmm. I had no patience for it. And I'd be like, this is a very boring topic of conversation. I remember a girl I used to work with. She would talk about Chris Evans, the Captain America actor, every single week of her life. And I'm like, for God's sake, there's no film out for another two years with Captain America in. And she's still talking about him. But now when I'm at work with different people as well, and they're talking about their uni life or their work life or whatever, I'm like, I couldn't care less, but I'm going to be there present and I'm going to listen to them. Work colleagues are talking about how they get drunk and how they recover from the hangover. I don't drink. It's not in my religion to do. It's not in my culture to do it. But I'll listen politely because I have that emotional intelligence and that patience now to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's quite funny listening to their stories because I'm like, I can't relate to this at all. But it's quite funny to listen to how people are talking about um, getting drunk on a Friday night and then trying to recover for Saturday morning for work, basically. So it's quite fun in that respect. But before I'd be like, I couldn't care less. This is boring. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in this you're you're all annoying but now it's like okay you're actually a nice person you do like to have a good time but your good time is different to my time again it's all it's all kind of down to emotional intelligence and how you learn things differently socially as well so do you think you've would you say that you've changed after you've got married and do you think that your wife has helped you kind of she's kind of opened the door to that world of uh, a different kind of world really yeah she definitely has there's no point in me denying it but it's basically the fact that I'd like to talk to you about it as well before we end the podcast because this could lead into a part two about our culture in terms of how we're looking at how culture influences us in different ways in very positive ways but in negative ways as well we're seeing a lot now on social media about how um, British Asian culture is being kind of exposed on social media not exposed but little things like people having race wars and religious wars and all of that kind of thing in the streets and you're kind of there like for me again I'm kind of I couldn't care less because if you're talking about Muslims and Hindus getting into arguments and fights on the street 
that's the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life because you're just kind of there like they've had all this peace in India for God knows how long and now you want to start fights in India then bring it over to the UK regarding cricket and I'm just kind of there like okay cool if that's how you want to go with it I don't need to follow that because I'm a Muslim you're a Hindu we get mm-hmm. on perfectly fine we talk We're a both lot Gujarati as well both Gujarati as well which is perfectly fine as well but I couldn't care less if someone's from another part of India I couldn't care less about their religion if you're a nice person you're a nice person that's how I see it and that's how we've spoken about it previously but it goes to show that when people have other agendas on their mind they love to throw it about and be like oh yeah we should be racist to this this side or they should be racist to this side like one of my friends is a Hindu and he's sharing his thoughts on how oh yeah this Muslim man was being a bit stupid by posting this on social media I'm like don't show me that because it's not worth my time you're talking about things that I can't affect and you just want me to react to it and I don't want to react to it because I can't control what this guy is doing I don't want to control what this guy is doing if he wants to be stupid he can be stupid then again if he was to show me the same about a Hindu person and I reacted the same way he wouldn't have taken kindly to it because it's his religion. But I'm like, I couldn't care less because you want to just carry on with your day. And there's so many things, like I said, with being married. But one thing about happens when you get married is you become a lot less, not lot, not less patient. You have a lot less time for nonsense, basically. So basically, when I'm talking with you every week, I consider that not work, but I consider that a priority about how we can move things forward, how we can talk about different things on the podcast like we are today which is great but when someone's sending me like memes or videos or random stuff that they're like oh guess who this is or what is I'm like, i don't have time for it like let me get on with my day i have a busy schedule i like to keep busy like more than ever now because of what we're doing which is great but a lot of people just feel like it goes back to the fact that people are not adapting to you as well but it goes mm-hmm. it goes to show that a lot of people are kind of just there like they won't change because they don't expect you to change in that kind of way at the same time. Yeah, 100%. And I think that you prioritise things differently and you prioritise things more and you don't really care about the other things that you don't prioritise because they're not benefiting you or benefit benefiting your lifestyle or your the people around you, the immediate people around you as well to make you a better person for yourself and for them as well and I think definitely a part two is needed because like I said in the beginning we've got to identify yourself you can identify us as a personality which we both did with our three it was personality traits but you can also identify as uh, different races different genders and also like you said about social media I was going to talk about I want to talk in our part two about social media because how big has it become now and there's so much kind of false identity through social media most of us are being so false when I said to my mum the other day um why why do you need not her personally but why does someone need to look at my Instagram profile if they if they know me if you don't know me okay but if they know me it's unnecessary to keep going through my Instagram profile because that's not who I am really I mean it is but it's not like who I am is here right now it's both of us talking on this podcast and to be honest that's why I'm so glad to start something like this because we get to show who we are right now and right here like this is us as we are right now and that's what's so like that it's so exciting and that's that's what I love to do and I know you're the same well I wouldn't have gone on this podcast even if I if I wasn't feeling up to it but even though I'm ill it shows how real we are actually being here as well and I wouldn't share details about my private life without actually knowing about how it can actually benefit other people as well. And that's mm-hmm. where we're going in this in this direction for our listeners as well. The fact that we are going to be talking a lot about identity, a whole social media topic can be talked about later, a whole cultural idea could be done for another episode following this as well. But just to tease that for our listeners before we wrap up over the next five, ten minutes or so, Millie, what are your thoughts on how people perceive things on social media? Shouldn't people really be kind of clued up now on how people are actually looking on social media because if you are taking your own one for example as well I know you post a lot about Blackburn Rovers and stuff like that as well if you just say our one for example we share a lot of content which is really good for people to listen to but it's nothing fake and it's nothing 
fabricated. It's all authentic because we're actually doing it ourselves and we're not copying it from other people, which is the main thing. But what's your kind of thoughts on the whole social media presence being like a fake narrative for someone, for example? Yeah, I've kind of noticed it a lot because, like I said, obviously I'm not being fake on social media. Like, that's who I am. But I can't say everything through my Instagram. There's a, photos from my football, which are all real, I promise you. They're not photoshopped. But, <laughs> but it's just like you can't take someone's social media accounts as who they are because you can post whatever you want on there. But you don't really know the whole story. And that's why you can't also judge someone off social media. You can't say, oh, look at their lives. Like, aren't they perfect? Aren't they amazing? And you can't compare yourself because you don't know what happens one minute, one hour after they post that post. You don't know. And like, I think that now, I don't know, marketing and things like that have come into it. It's a whole different ball game. Like you post what you want to, what people want to see kind of. Um, But again, like just having the beautiful mind game and to be so real and so true is something completely, in my opinion, it's something that's not really done publicly and that's why it's so special because like I said before it's us whereas I don't know like you look at all these like Instagram what they they call influencers and people like that and people look up to them and think oh wow I'd love to be like that but really just be who you are just be how you are And that falls into an identity crisis as well because people are then looking at people on social media thinking I want that life but they won't appreciate what's actually on their doorstep or what's actually in their home as well. And I've said mm-hmm. this previously about some of my friends as well, like they don't know how lucky they are, but they feel like everything's going against them. And I'm like, if you look at other people in not just your friendship group, but even in your like your own, yeah, even in your friendship group, for example, people have it a lot worse off than a lot of people, but they still feel like everything's against them and things are really bad. Like one good thing for me, which I which I'm quite proud to say is I never get jealous of other people. And Mm -hmm. one thing that I've seen from a lot of people recently over the last four or five years is you'll see friends getting jealous of other friends, which then makes no sense to me because you're just kind of looking at it thinking, if they are genuinely your friend, wouldn't you want the best for them? And wouldn't you want them to be happy with what's going on with them? Mm -hmm. That bewilders me personally. So that's why I kind of mentioned before about the whole mentioning about the award thing. I haven't told anyone besides whoever I needed to before today. Now everyone knows, which will be great. I'm really proud to announce it on here, which is fantastic. But a lot of people still won't be happy for me, who they will then consider to be friends with me. So if we were then to talk in person, they wouldn't feel the same love or appreciation they would if it was the other way around. So I'm quite happy with the fact that I'm quite, like I said, I think another P for me is passionate. Another P for me would be passionate. I'm a very passionate person, and you know that Mm -hmm. as well. Everyone knows that as well, what we talk about and how we talk about it as well but so many people lack passion for other people because they like to pretend that they care but when things actually happen for other people when things actually go well for other people behind the screen or behind um behind their face they'll be very upset in their own mind that this has happened for someone else but not you if you want something and you want something to be done properly for you in your own field you know what you have to do to get it you don't know how to get it you have to look at how you can get it by looking to get uh, mentored or looking for advice or whatever it is it's like we discussed it previously as well like Millie and I will discuss about how we don't really care what views we get on reels and stuff like that on social media because it's all false and it's all fake because if it hits one person and it hits one person really really well we've done our job and I've said the same thing for Friday Night Counterattack if we talk about mental health and we get a, a reel that has a thousand views, but two people from that a thousand views has genuinely felt better from it. Then we've done our job as well, which is the main thing. And it goes to show we're not about trying to hit, trying to hit views and narratives and stuff. It's about hitting home for everyone at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. I'll have some water because I'm getting all emotional. It's not you <laughs> I'm getting emotional about this as well. You take a break. You take a break. You know what I was going to say about social media as well. It's not all doom and gloom. Like you've just said, our reels and whatever you put out there, we can connect with whoever we want to. 
it's such a good place to connect with people and to share our lives with other people. Like I can speak to people down in London or in Dubai or in, I don't know, America if I wanted to, if I knew anyone over there. But And, and what, 20 years ago, you'd have to pay for that. Now you can do it for free instantly over the internet. Exactly. In one, one millisecond, like you yeah. just send them a message and connect. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing, amazing tool just not to be taken as kind of something that's going to, what's the word, like swarm us or engulf us and make us and put us into that jealous state and make us compare ourselves to each other. The, like, only, the, the only thing you can compare it to is you from last week or you from last month and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then just move forward because it's when you're looking at other people and when you're looking at other accounts that do similar things to you or other people that have got the same interests as you and you're looking at them thinking damn how do I get there to there you don't look at it in that way you look at how I've got from here to here from last week because your only competition is you and if you're looking at social media to try and find the new narrative for you nine times out of ten it doesn't work because you're looking at it thinking oh I wish I could have done it this this way or I could have done it that way but if you're not if you're not helping yourself by getting overwhelmed by social media it's best to kind of take a break try and think about how you want to move forward with it and then that's kind of it really because there's so much you can do to move your own self forward but you don't want to spend the, the whole kind of time that you have looking at how you can be best at social media you have to look at how you can become a better you and that's what we do on this podcast that's great advice really really good advice and it leads me to my final question for you actually my final question for you is do you have any more advice for anyone listening? Because you, Hams, are very, very true to who you are as a person. How can you be true? How can someone be true to who they are? Um, good question. How, how it works for me is you have to look at your core values, first of all. So this is something that, Millie does a lot. She she writes a lot of things down to benefit herself because she can look at it properly as well. So you have to look at what values you actually value. I'm not talking about you following like a TV character or a film character. It's about if you were left in a dark room for a whole week with no one to speak to and you came out of it, what things wouldn't have changed? So what would you have looked at and what you'd have thought, you know what, this is still who I am. This is still my identity. What can you do? And because I'm ill now, I'm basically that guy in a locked room not really talking to anyone besides Millie on, on this podcast right now. So it's quite easy for me to kind of talk about it at this time. So Millie may have planned this podcast because she knew I was going to be ill for this one. Um, no, I'm joking. But no, basically, <laughs> basically, the best way to kind of do it is write down your core kind of values and your principles. Like, do you want to be an honourable person? Do you want to be a confident person? Do you want to be a helpful person? Do you want to be remembered as a kind person? Because we all see these kind of memes on social media about your money never stays, your wealth never stays. What stays on this earth is the way you treated people, the way you handled yourself, the way you treated animals or whatever it is. Whatever it is that you want to benefit from. If you want to be a kind of guy who just looks after his money, who looks after his wealth, that's for you, then go for it. If you're someone who wants to be true about having the best kind of life with your friends, go for it want to be someone who wants to start a family and wants to appreciate everything that's been given to you in your family then go for it but you have to look at exactly what will what will help you inside of you already if you want to become a more honorable person how do you become that if you want to become a less screen addictive person and i will use that term screen addictive because there are so many times when i've said recently over the past probably 12 months the best kind of days that you have are when you don't have to look at your phone or you don't have to look at social media or you don't have to take pictures to then show other people it's because you're having a good time in person with people so when Millie and I went to record a podcast in Sheffield and we were spending time together one-on-one -on -one, it was a lot better than doing it on Zoom because we got to spend time with one another and get to chat properly which is fantastic and get to meet new people go to a new place and um, communicate differently which is fantastic so it goes to show when people value people in that right way and you value yourself in that right way as well you're absolutely fine and yeah just to end it Millie, i'd like to know what your kind of thoughts are as well instead of saying 
I agree 100%. What else could you add to that um, that would benefit our listeners? <laughs> you found out my secret now, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, we, we can't be doing 100% I agree or or whatever things that I always say as well. We have to change up for our listeners. They it's always 100% as well. I've noticed that it's always 100%. It will never, never be 79%, so it's all right. We'll, we'll... I agree with you 80%. No, I'm joking. Nah, I always agree 80%. with you. That's why as well. I always agree with you. We're, we're too podcast host in the same pod so we're perfectly fine in that respect which is pretty good um but no what else could you kind of add to that um just for our listeners as well for me i would say that like we said earlier in the podcast just to be with yourself is a massive thing to find out who you really are like and what but what i mean by that is like what you like and what you don't like and who you want to be around and who you don't want to be around and who you want to be as a person both inwardly and outwardly as well and the way that i see that you're gonna so, 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 so what we'll do is we'll put this out on, on social media as a post as well so how could we do this as a post for people to listen to us maybe? so it'd be five ways to improve being with yourself what, what five ways to improve your identity how could we do this i guess it's just being true to who you are so five ways to be true to you, true yeah. to yourself, yeah. So number yeah. one, we would say spend more time with yourself. Definitely. Spend more time with yourself. Just be with yourself. Number two, I would say build confidence through that. Build confidence in yourself to then portray onto other people. Number three, you're pushing it with five, you know. You're really pushing it with five. I gave you like seven earlier, so I'm hoping you remembered everything I said because I don't need to repeat myself from what I said. Melissa. The regimented order puts it kind of through me. That's I'm gonna okay. say, I'm gonna say that to be true to who you are is something that comes from within and it's something that you need to decide what to to do it. You need to decide to do it because there's a lot of people that walk around that are when they get home, they're a different person. When they go to work, they're a completely different person and their walls come up. And if you can find a way to break down those walls wherever you are and be similar, obviously you're going to be different to work to how you are at home. But if you can be similar and bring the same similar personalities to each and every place you go to, that is who you are. That's who you're supposed to be. And when you're comfortable with being who you're supposed to be, like I'm very comfortable now that I know that I'm not as loud as everybody else. That was a massive thing for me when I was younger, that I was always the quiet one. And people kind of saw it as taking advantage or being like, being louder than me. They got in first to places. But now I'm comfortable because I know that I'm strong inside. I know my strengths internally, which do portray externally now. And I think that, when you can, like I said, when you can get to a point where you can fully say that you are you and that's it, that's it. You're not you at work. You're not you at home. You are you. That is when you know you are who you are. And what are we going for for number four and number five? Help me out. So help me out. So we talked about how... Um... Actually, no, instead of going for number four and number five, we'll just write them up because we've listened back to this. We can listen back to this later. Um, mm -hmm. But it goes to show, there's that, to end the podcast, we're going to talk about what I'm going to talk about. There's that very famous Japanese proverb when they talk about the three different faces. So for, for anyone who hasn't heard this, the first face is the face that you show to the world. The second face is the, is the face that you show to your close friends and your family. And the third face, you never show anyone because it's the truest reflection of who you are. So my challenge to anyone listening is if you can get that third face who you never show to anyone, who you, who is the truest reflection of who you are, to change that into your third and your second face, or maybe even your third and your first face, that would be a big achievement. Because that, when people have got that mask, uh, mask down and you've got two masks as well, or even just one mask, you're absolutely fine because then you don't have to pretend about different things to different people. It makes it so much easier because as long as you're comfortable within yourself, you'll always be confident. And if you're always confident about yourself, we learned this from Holly Mills recently as well. Confidence just inspires positivity. So if you're not going to be confident about yourself, you'll be positive in so many different ways without it. Without confidence, you're not positive. 
And if you're not positive, your negativity can affect so many people around you. And it goes back to what Millie was saying at the beginning of the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not going on the masked singer, that'll be all right, because that show is awful. I don't know if you've seen it, but that show is awful. No, I don't I don't intend on seeing it, but no, it's just like I said earlier, I couldn't care less about that show. But if you want to talk about it, I'll happily listen to you talk. I was just gonna it. say, as long as it's not that kind of mask that you're putting on, that's all right. <laughs> nah, not at all, which is perfectly fine. But no, everyone, thank you very much for listening. It's been a great way of talking to everyone. Now we've got a new little logo, we've got a new structure to our podcast, and we've got new guests coming up and we're looking forward to it as well. Millie, I'll let you do the honors of closing off the podcast and letting everyone know where they can find us. Thank you very much, Hams, for coming on again. I've had a really good time, really good conversation. And hopefully someone can take something from it because I know definitely that I did and I know that you did as well. But yeah, thank you for everyone who's listened so far, who's new today listening and who will come back and listen to us in the future. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, at The Beautiful Mind Game or Friday Night Counterattack. And you can find us on Instagram at The Beautiful Mind Game Give us a like, give us a follow and a share and just tell your friends. If you think someone can hear, someone would like to hear about what we're talking about or someone could benefit, could be a family member, could be friends, give us a share. It will really, really, really help us out. Thank you all for your support. Have a great day and we'll be back soon. Thank you, everyone, and goodbye. By the way, Millie thought that she said thank you for coming on again. Like This isn't our job to actually help everyone. So like we said before, if you can share it and help one person a day, That would be perfectly fine with us. But no, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Take care and goodbye.